Um, just something real quick. It was kind of funny, but um, I was thinking about the Bibles as we were handing them out. Um, there was a mother that gave a Bible to her son, and he moved away, and uh, and and you know she he was by himself, and he would call call home. Is like, Mom, I need help. You know, it's specifically financial. Mom, I need some money. I'm I'm having trouble. You send me money, and she said, um, Have you been reading your Bible? And he says, yes, I've been reading my Bible. And she says, well, good, because the answers are in there. And she's like, well, I kind of frustrated. And this happened several times. She, he's calling back, Mom, I need, I need some money. I mean, you know, can you help me out, please? And, and, and she says, have you been reading your Bible? And he says, yes, Mom, I've been reading my Bible. She said, well, good, because the answers are in there. And the mother knew he wasn't reading his Bible because um, there were several hundred dollars placed in the Bible at certain pages, and she knew he wasn't reading them because if he did, he would have found the money. <laughs> and some other things, of course, amen, because God's Word is good. Hallelujah. Are you ready this morning? Wow, I got like two people ready. Are you ready? Do we need to do it like, are you ready? No, nobody's, everybody's still sleeping. <laughs> We're going to have some fun. Father, we just thank you today for your anointing that's in this place right now and upon every single person. And I know there's people that are here, Lord God, not only in this house, but even in our community and upon the face of the earth right now that are just weary. They're tired, Lord God. They, they, uh, they feel worn out and worn down because of these last years and just the increase even of the enemy's camp trying to really scrounge about and, and, and to do all that he can to try to keep back what God wants to do. But Father, you are above all things, and there's nothing the enemy has ever done that's been able to withstand your plan and your purpose, Lord, and we thank you for that. And I thank you for your anointing today to break every yoke over every single person here Lord God, and even people in their own family, Lord God, their realm of influence in Jesus' name, because you are God of the breakthrough. You are the victor, Lord God, and we have victory in you, and we trust you, and we bless you in the name of Jesus. If you believe that, say amen. Amen. So uh, today we're finishing up our series that we started, really started back, and we had some breaks in there with different guest ministers and stuff that had come in and everything, but we started a series back in, in, on Easter Sunday called No Other Name, and we've been going through the names of God, excuse me, <clears throat> we've been going through the names of God, and the main thing that really came to me about the names of God was really from uh, Psalms 9:10, and you can put that up on the screen, Psalms 9:10, and it says that uh, those who know your name will put their trust in you. This is why we have been going over the names of God, because when you know his name, when you understand his name, when you become acquainted with his name, when that name becomes personal to you, you put your trust in him. And when you trust in him, you see, you see things happen that wouldn't happen if you didn't put your trust in him. We have to trust in Jesus. Can you say amen to that? We've got to trust in him. Trust and faith go hand in hand. They're really, uh, you know, uh, single wings of the same bird. You got trust and you faith, and you have to flap them together in order to be able to soar to places that God has for you. Every single one of you, no matter how young you are to how old you are, we're on this journey together on the face of the earth. So we want to know him so we can trust him. And, you know, I don't know of any, any better name now really to end this on, uh, and I believe this is such a, a valuable name, than to know him as Jehovah Rapha, which is the Lord or the God who heals. 
He is the God who heals. And you may have different things running through your mind when it comes to concern, you know, thinking about healing. Maybe you've had some disappointments or whatever there, but I'm here to encourage you today to get you back into a position of faith and believing in God because he is our healer. You know, back in 19, I think it was 90. Six, I believe it was 96 or 97. Actually, I'm leaning more towards 97 right now as I look back. Um, 97, I had received probably one of the most profound prophetic words um, that I had ever received from a lady that came in. Her name was um, Sister Yvonne Gerhardt, and she was a prophetess, and um, she couldn't, she, she could speak. You couldn't, I mean, she, she was an English teacher until she was in her 20s, and then she was in a car accident, and she totally lost all of her hearing where she can't even hear her own voice. But she spoke when she preached, like you couldn't even tell that she had any kind of a hearing impairment. So when the things that she was saying, I mean, just like, I, I know it was from the Lord. And one of the things she said in there that I'll just, I'll just want to touch to as we're going into this is that she said, um, she said, son, I don't know what's going on in your life or what you're busy about now. And she didn't even call it prophesying. She just said, I want to pray for you. Isn't that just the best way to do it? Let God do what he does. You can put labels on whatever. I just want to pray for you. She said, son, I don't know what you're busy about now. I don't know what your job is. But there's coming a day when you're going to be very serious and sober about the things of the Lord. You know, and I thought I was serious and sober then. I mean, I was going to Bible college, I was a youth pastor, I was seeking God, I was in my church, planted, plugged in, doing all these things. I was, I was passionate about seeking him and knowing him, spending time with him intimately, but, he, but yet she said from the Lord, there's coming a day when you are going to get very serious and sober about the things of the Lord. And as I began to think about that, and really just within this last little while, getting clarity because God begins to highlight and bring other things out, there was things that I was still doing in my own ability, even though I was trusting God, even though I was activating my faith, that I was still doing in my own ability. And that soberness and that seriousness is getting to a place where we're serious about doing things His way and not just our way or the way we think it should happen. Really what happens is we begin to let go of control. Because as long as you think you're in control, then you're working. And as long as you're working you're really not giving God the reins, right? If I'm working, now there's a co-labor. We're not talking about that. There's work that's involved, but there's a co-laboring. I'm letting him lift the heavy things, and I'm there as a partner to support what's going on. But if I don't do my part, he's limited on doing his part, right? So we wanna talk about, we wanna talk about uh, the Lord our healer today. And I don't, when I think about this, I've been singing it all week as I've been preparing for this. You can sing it along with me if you'd like. I'm just gonna sing a chorus here. Maybe you know this song. I don't know if it went across all denominations or not, but when the, the, the church that I grew up in sang it. And it just says, You are the God that healeth me. You are the Lord, my healer. You sent your word and healed my disease. You are the Lord, my healer. How many people remember that? Show of hands. I remember singing that just like over and over again while the Holy Spirit would just begin to move in services. And that's really taken from Psalms 107.20. But we see this as we're getting into... Jehovah Rapha. This is where one of the names that God really declares himself to the children of Israel. And we find it in Exodus chapter 15. 
in verse number 26, and it says this, if you will give earnest heed to the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight and give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes, the things that he says, I will put none of the diseases on you which I have put on the Egyptians, for I, the Lord, am your healer. I, the Lord, am your healer. That's Rapha, Jehovah Rapha in the Hebrew. And I, there's, I mean, there's things to highlight where he says, if you will give earnest heed to his voice, and if you do what is right in his sight. I think there's, you know, we're in a time right now as believers where it's just not what, that we want to do, you know, just what is good, but we really want to be able to get to that place where we're doing exactly what he wants us to do. Not like, hey, we, we know we're kind of, you know, in his will. We want to be in the specific will of God for our lives. He says, if you'll do what's right in his sight. We never want to get to the place where we're doing what's right in our own sight. Because when we do things that are right in our own sight, you can just read the book of Judges and you can see what happens there. Men began to do what was right in their own sight or their own heart, and they always went astray. But when we do things that are right in God's eyes, when we're being obedient to his spirit, following his ways, we will always come out. We will always be at that place where we can look back and say, look, you know what? I may have some regrets, but I have way less regrets than if I would have just did it my way. I did it God's way. Amen? So there's two, two words in here I want to touch on as we're kind of laying a base here for this this morning. Is one is uh, I want to talk about healer and I want to talk about diseases. I want to just kind of give that uh, a little bit of a definition here. So the word healer or rafa in the Hebrew, it means to mend and really mending by stitching. You kind of just see... You know, think about a stitching. Maybe you had anybody ever had to get stitches before you go in, and, and it depends. Sometimes they, they may numb you like that, and sometimes it's just, you know, maybe you're just in pain already, and sometimes they don't numb you, they just begin to stitch you. There's a little bit of pain going on as they begin to stitch, but it means, it means a, uh, a amending by stitching. It means to cure. It means to repair, to make whole, and to be healthy. Now, the Bible says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, it says, uh, Paul was speaking to the, to the church there. He says, may the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely, and may your spirit and soul and body be preserved complete, meaning whole, and without blame, free from fault or defect at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So he, he was telling the people, I want you to be whole. I want you to com- be complete. I want you to be healthy. God wants you to be this way until the day that he comes. So it's not just in the sweet by and by that God has healing for us, but he has it for us today. He wants us to be whole. Now we look at the second word there. We talk about healer or healing. Now we're talking about disease. Disease means sickness. It means infirmity or a weakness. Uh, you break those down a little bit more, it means like to be rubbed or worn. Man, I, I know there's people in here, if I, said, if I said, give me a raise of hands, that you feel you've been rubbed and maybe even worn out, even in your faith, even in continuing to believe. But we have a promise in the scriptures of God that he says, if we, if we do, don't grow weary in well-doing, for you will reap if you faint not. Now, the part of not fainting is the part of we're not trying to do it in our own strength anymore. Because we can faint in our own strength, it's taking upon the strength of the Lord. 
his strength, his grace, his divine enablement to be able to help us. So that sicknesses and, and, and uh, sickness and infirmity, that disease, a rubbing or to be made weak. Now, I don't know if you've ever read the book. I recommend it if you've never read it before, but in his book, Out of the Cave, uh, Pastor Chris Hodges said this. He says, a disease is any place where you are diseased, where you are diseased, really unsettled, anxious, or afraid. It's just not a bodily ailment. This is something that can affect your soul. It can affect your spirit. And really, you know, we live in this world, so we're gonna be diseased. There's times we're gonna walk through times where we are diseased, whether it's in our body, whether it's in our soul, whether it's in our spirit, but God wants to make us whole. Do you believe that this morning? I wanna give you a couple scriptures as we're going into this, and I just got three points for you. Psalms uh, 103, one through three says this, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget none of his benefits, who pardons all your iniquities and who heals all your diseases. The Amplified Version says it this way, forget not one of all of the ben- his benefits who pardons every one of your iniquities and who heals each one of your diseases. Each one. I believe that's referring to those areas of the body, the soul, and the spirit. So the first point that I have for you today, uh, but well, before I do that, in Psalms uh, 147, Uh, It says this, he, God, he heals the brokenhearted and he binds up their wounds. That word wounds means, it literally means sorrows and hurt and pain and injury. You can be injured and in pain and hurt in your body. You can be injured and in pain uh, and, and hurt in your soul and even in your spirit. It says he binds up their wounds, really their sorrows. So the first point I have for you that God, I believe, wants you to know today is that God wants you to be whole. It's God's desire, it's his plan, it's his purpose for you to be whole. I have no idea what's going on in your mind right now. Just even thinking that some people can be like, yes, but, or yeah, this, or whatever. God's desire is for you to be whole. And in this life, we're gonna have times where we are, you know, diseased in things, in need of healing, but God wants to heal you. He shows us, we've seen it probably one of the most popular scriptures in Isaiah 53 where it says, he was pierced for our rebellion. He was crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. You know, this all happens by the blood of Jesus, because of his, it's, it's, it's impossible without the sacrifice of Jesus. And there's things in you, in your faith already, that has already been deposited by the Holy Spirit that you haven't tapped into yet because of whatever fear or, or, or anxiousness or, you know, that would try to come on, maybe areas where you have been diseased in, in a situation in your life, but he's already there on the inside of you if you've made him your Lord and your Savior. I remember in uh, 19, I think it was 1995, yeah, it was in, towards the later, in Florida, it's kind of hard to think about. I remember years, but it's hard to think about seasons because it's always just nice in Florida. 
I mean, just go out like, what season was it? Oh, it's just nice. It's Sunshine State, you know. Um, but I can't remember what season it was. I want to say that it was kind of in the fall. But I had just gotten saved. It was my first year, you know, really just really dedicating my life to the Lord. Now, uh, you know, I, I was driving around and I was battling something in my soul, just the enemy just attacking me with condemnation and, and uh, you know, just what he does. He's an accuser. He was accusing me of things. And I just felt like I needed somebody, but I couldn't find anybody with whom I lived with because I was the only one that was saved. Everybody else I lived with was still partying and doing drugs and everything. So I went for a drive, and I just saw this big church. It was First Baptist Church of Orlando, 10,000-seat auditorium. Pastor Jim Henry, he was my pastor for about a year. This was before I knew that. And I was driving. I just saw this church, and it was at nighttime. I didn't know. I just felt drawn to go in there. So I, I got off the, the, the road that I was on. I drove into this huge parking lot, and I just walked in. In those days, people would let the doors open. You know, you could go in, whatever. And they, and they had security guards. And I went in there, and a security guard, he saw me come in, I guess, on the monitor or something. He came up and asked me if I was on. And I had been crying, so my face was kind of puffy and stuff. I was weeping. And he probably thought, I don't know what was going on because my hair was down here all the way around. And, uh, you know, I just, I'm walking in there, and he's like, what's going on? And I said, hi. And I was kind of shaking a little bit because I was really just anxious. I was like, I just need prayer. And as the good Baptist man that he was, he took me down the Romans Road, you know, he took me down to all these different things to make sure if I was saved or not. And I was really, I'll be honest with you, I was getting frustrated because I already knew I was saved. I just needed prayer. And he's like, he took me to that kind of what, you know, the, the do, I think it was, um, I forget the name. It was like his steps or something like that. It was like the evangelistic thing that, that you do go through. But he's like, he sat me down in his office and he said, if, if you were to stand before God today, right now, and he would say, why should I let you into my heaven? What would you say? And I was like, oh, I'm just like, I was flustered. And all of a sudden, out of me, and it wasn't with my mind, it was out of my spirit. It's the Holy Spirit. I was like, oh, I was just frustrated, like, why are we having to go through this? I just wanted you to pray for me. And I was like, by the blood of the Lamb. And he's like, oh, okay, praise the Lord, you know. <laughs> but there's things already on the inside of you, down in your spirit, that God wants you to tap into. The enemy will try to steal these things from you. And the first thing that God wants you to know that he literally wants you to be whole, that he prophesied about it hundreds and hundreds of years before about Jesus suffering in his body, in his soul, and in his spirit, being separated from God on the cross to bear all your burdens and your sin and your guilt and your shame and to be whipped so that you can be whole. He wants you to be healed. You know, I remember a story of uh, a lady that um, she uh, was saved and, you know, she knew she was saved and, and there was a teaching that was going on that, uh, at, at the, the service that she was at about God being a healer and, and the Lord put it in her heart that night. She's like, she came up to the altar um, to be, you know, to make him. She's like, I've been here before to this altar and I've made Jesus my Lord, but I've never made him my healer. And so she did the steps of what you did to just to, to bring Jesus into your life. I want you to be the Lord of my life. Be my God. Be my Savior. She's like, Lord, I want you to be my healer. She settled it in her heart that God wanted her to be whole. And if I remember correctly, there was something she was walking through, and the Lord healed her. But God wants you to be whole. He wants you to be convinced of this truth in your heart. So Jesus settles this age-old question. And I love this. This is in Matthew chapter 8, and you can find it in different, some of the different gospels there. 
but it says this, a leper walked up to Jesus and threw himself down before him in worship and said, Lord, you have the power to heal me and make me clean if you really want to. This is a question a lot of Christians would have. You know, I know he can, but does he want to or will he? Jesus answers this, not only with this, but through the, throughout scriptures. Jesus reached out his hand and he touched the leper. Of course I want to heal you. Be healed. Of course I want you whole. That's not the question. It's not if I, I want you whole. There's not one person that, you know, God's heart breaks for people that are, are walking through things. And I know there's people walking through things right now, and, and, and I don't understand, you know, like, why do things have to, to, to carry on so long? Or why, you know, even, even people that we've, we've been believing for, and then people of past, we've been believing for healing, and then, and then the Lord takes them home, and we don't have all the understandings about that. I know our pastor, when, it, when Pastor Arthur passed away, there was uh, two things that happened to the people that were in the church when he passed away because God used him to do mighty things for the Lord. I've seen, him, I've seen the Lord use him to, to do acts of healing in people's lives and prophetic words that would just, you see them come to pass. And then he got cancer and he lasted a couple years and then he passed away. It did two things in people. For me, it made me spiritually mad to the point where I was like, you know what, I'm tired of messing around. I'm gonna kick some devil butt. And I'm going to get very serious about seeking the Lord because our time is short and we have to love God and we've got to tell people who he is and what he's done. And then there were others who, it, it, wrecked their, it wrecked their faith because why, why God, why God? One of my mentors, Pastor, Pastor Larry Stockstill, he said, when it comes to things that you don't understand with that, he says, it's important not to, not to fixate on the why, but on the how. Because if you stay on the why, It'll be endless, and the devil likes why. He likes why, but just how. And the, and the Bible says in Deuteronomy 29, 29, the secret things belong to the Lord. The revealed things belong to us. And I, you know, I'll share two quick stories. One of them is pretty recent um, with Jose. You guys know that he'd been here with us. My best friend had passed away um, last fall, and uh, just still, you know, talking with, with Janice, and she's going through this whole first year without her husband and her kids without her husband, her daughter. <laughs> Oldest daughter's getting married without her dad. And just a lot of, lot of firsts. And there's that, there's that tenderness, there's that touch when you lose someone that's close to you. And I remember sitting there, you know, after the funeral service with uh, Janice and, and my wife, and we were at Pastor Deborah's house, and we're sitting there on the couch, and she's just sharing things. She's, and she said, I couldn't have believed any more than I did that God was going to heal him. And she felt like the Lord told her over and over again, Jose is going home. Jose is going home. And until he passed away, she believed that home was home with her until he was gone. And then some things began to click. It wasn't for me to judge and to say anything. That It clicked inside of her with the Holy Spirit. I was preparing you that he was going home. And just that realization, God, you were with me the whole time. Maybe you, maybe you guys know, know of it or you don't know of it, but uh, Pastor Bill Johnson, his wife, Benny Johnson, just passed away. She was battling cancer for a while, and she passed away. And I admire him so much because even when his dad died, that 
The one thing that we can't do when things don't go our way is to say, God, you are not good. Why would you do that? But to, in spite of it all, no matter what we understand or don't understand, that we hold to the truth of the scriptures of God that says God is good and he only does good things. So here they are. I mean, they, if you really want to say, you know, mega church, whatever, they have a huge church, huge influence in the world today. And his dad was, you know, the founding pastor, and, they're, and they're, the whole church is believing for his, his father to be raised up out of this sickness. And they, they really believe. They're doing everything, just God speaking and sharing these things, you know, in their hearts that are going forward. And then he passed away. And they said the whole family was there in the room with him when he passed away. And immediately, Bill knew that this was a, 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 a paramount time. It was very, very pinnacle in this moment as they're sitting there. You know, just breathed his last. He had to say, guys, we need to give glory to God because God is good. He is good. And if you followed anything on Facebook and stuff, even with the loss of his wife, which is, you know, I mean, obviously he's, he's grieving. The church is grieving. They lost this mighty woman of God. But he still said, same thing again. Listen, it may not have went the way that we wanted it to go, but it don't change God's goodness it doesn't change where she's at. That's why we believe. That's why we believe. Are you with me? But God wants to settle this in your heart, this age-old question. Does he want me to be whole? Yes, he wants you to be whole. And that's what we're to fight for. We're believers, so we're to believe. We've heard that saying before. We believe. We continue to believe. And if he chooses it to go a different way than what we're believing for, we're still holding on to his word. Lord God, you are faithful in all of your ways, and I'm not giving up on you because you're good in everything that you do. Are you with me? Second thing is that you need to make room for healing to come. You need to make room for healing to come. And I'll use this scripture as an example. This is really the principle that I got this from. In Matthew, you can find this in all different translations, so it's not like one translation trying to make it sound better than others. Matthew 21, 12 through, through 14, this is from the New King James. It says, Jesus went into the temple of God. This is after uh, the transfiguration. This is after he came into the triumphal entry. This is really just right before he was crucified. Jesus went into the temple of God, and he drove out all those who bought and sold in the temple. And he overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold doves. And he said to them, it is written, my house shall be called a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. And it wasn't until a couple years ago I saw this for the first time, this next verse. Then, after he did this, he's turning all these things up that's just occupying and taking up space in his house. Then the blind and the lame came into the temple and he healed them. So there, were, there was activity going on in the temple of God, but there wasn't what he wanted to be going on in the temple of God. You know, so my question would be, you know, there's, he talked about thieves, you know, thieves that occupy space where, where healing should reside. You know, those, some of those thieves are just doubt and unbelief. And sometimes it's not that we need more faith, it's that we need less doubt or less unbelief. That's why that one guy cried out to Jesus, I do believe, but help my unbelief. We're turning that into faith. 
So the Bible says that we are really the temple of the Holy Spirit. So my question with these two things that he said he went in and he drove out, you know, uh, those who were buying and selling, what lies have you bought from the enemy that's taking up room for God to have his full way in your life, to make you whole, wherever it is, physically, spiritually, emotionally? And what truths have you been selling? What truths have you been selling? And buying these lies. I can't, I can't take that for you. You have to walk through that yourself. You know, I have to walk through that myself. Because the Bible says that the Holy Spirit will lead us into all the truth. But if I believe a lie, when, the moment I grab a hold of the lie, I'm letting go of something else. And if I'm trying to hold on to a truth and a lie at the same time, it doesn't work either. I have to hold on to the truth with both hands. Let go of that lie, whatever it would be. Maybe it's unworthiness. Well, I don't believe he wants to heal me because, because I just feel so unworthy. Well, he came to make you worthy. Amen? Maybe it's something you did in your past. Well, the Bible says that if you're fa- he's faithful and just to forgive us all of our sins if we confess it to him. If we confess our sins, he's faithful to forgive all of our sins. We saw that in Psalms 103, who, who, who forgives every single one of your sins, no matter what it is so that you can be whole. So only you can make room for the Lord that heals to come into your life. And then the last thing is that you need to receive God's word as a personal word for you. You know, it's important to to get God's word on a situation and it's really a personal thing. It has to be personal because someone can get a word of God for me And they can believe in that word so strong for me, but if I don't grab a hold of that word and make it personal and allow it to be rhema to me, not just a logos received from rhema to them to me, but actually make it rhema to me by the Holy Spirit, that means it's come alive to me. I can't really stand on it. You're really standing on somebody else's faith. I remember Janice saying this before Jose went into a coma. Um, She just kept encouraging me. was like, honey, the Lord told me you're coming home. You're coming home, so you're going to get out of here. You're going to come be with us. And he said to her, and she didn't realize it until it was over, she said, if you say so, if you say so. Now, I have no idea what was going on, but I know he was tired. I know personally for Pastor Arthur that he was tired after having lost almost his, all his intestines, and he had colostomy bags and everything else, and you know, nobody else was there. The rest of the church, you know, didn't see some of these sides that we were taking turns in the hospital while he's vomiting in the bucket, just being there with him, weeping with him. And him saying, if God don't heal me, like, you know, now I, I don't want to go. I don't want to go on. I want to go home. And when someone wants to go home, our faith can't keep them here. If someone wants to go home. And he, I believe personally, just from that, those personal experiences with him in those times, that he, he just wanted to go home. He got to that place where he was, he was just tired, and he, he just felt like he couldn't fight anymore. And, and it's not a loss. I mean, it's a loss for us, but for him, he's in glory. Are you with me? Are you getting anything? Yes. Praise the Lord. So you need to make this a personal word to yourself. And I, I, there's different stories that I could go into. I'll just, I'll just use one, um, one story. And this is one of my favorite stories about healing um, because it's 
two stories in one. It unfolds, and you can see this in most of the Gospels. So it's the, it's, uh, the synagogue official. His name is Jairus or Jarius, however you say I think it's Jairus. And, uh, and then the woman with the issue of blood, or, you know, she had a hemorrhage. She was bleeding for 12 years. So Jairus came to Jesus. He knew about Jesus. He came to him, and he begged him, and he fell down before him, and he said, Jesus, please come to my home. My daughter is at the point of death, but if you come... And you lay hands on her, I know she will live. And Jesus said, let's go. So they started walking. As they were walking on the way to his house, a woman came from behind. You know, know, the, know the story. And she just touched the hem of, didn't even touch his skin, just touched the hem of his garment. She went in and she was completely made whole. And one of the gospels says, Jesus felt power come out of him. And he stopped. He's like, wait a second, what just happened? And he said, who touched me? And the disciples were like, what are you talking about? Who touched you? I mean, the crowds, I touched you like 10 times. People pushing me right into you, right? You're getting touched everywhere. He says, no, but there's a difference because I felt power come out of me. And he turned around and he saw this woman that had been bleeding for 12 years. And the Bible says in one, one of the gospels that she, she gave a lot of money trying to be cured and many different physicians and tried many different things and yet she still became worse. But she was saying in herself because she heard about Jesus, she said in herself, if I just touch, I heard that he's a healer, if I just touch, I don't even need to like talk to him, if I just touch the hem of his garment, I will be made heal because she knew that healing was available. And she did. An amazing thing about me with this story is that Jesus is talking to her and Jairus is standing right beside him. They're on the way to his house. Jairus is standing right there and he's watching all this unfold before him. And while Jesus was still speaking to this woman who was now made cure, he said, your faith has made you well. She exercised her faith. First, she received it as a personal word that God wanted to heal her, she began to speak it out and she put action to it. As fearful of it as it was in that time, in that day, to even be in a crowd like that and to be unclean, I mean, she could have been stoned to death. But she went in. And here's Jairus staying right beside Jesus. And while Jesus is still talking to this woman, uh, people came up from his house and said, don't bother the master anymore, your daughter's dead. And Jesus saw the situation, and he said, don't be fearful any longer. Only believe, and your daughter will live. And he had, a, I mean, what an eyewitness. He saw this woman that had suffered for 12 years be made whole, and now Jesus is telling him, hey, don't worry about it. She's gonna be made well. And they get there, and she was dead. They already had the, they already had the people mourning there in, some, in those days. I don't know if it was, you know, going on that way already. They'd come maybe already anticipating, but they would actually pay people to help mourn, help people, help people to people mourn, you know, and she's going there, people are wailing and stuff like that. And Jesus says, why are you crying? The girl's not dead. Then they began to laugh at him and said, no, you're crazy. I mean, she's dead. And he says, well, I just need the, the father and the mother to go with me, you know, into the room. And he raised her from the dead. But you have to receive that as a personal word from the Lord. And it says this in Mark chapter 11, 22, 25. Have faith in God. I tell you the truth. You can say to this mountain, be lifted up and thrown into the sea and it will happen. But you must really believe it will happen and have no doubt in your heart. Remember, doubt is a, is a, is a stealer or a thief of healing. 
I tell you, you can pray for anything, and obviously that anything means anything within the line of God's written word that's in line with His will. You're not just praying for anything, expecting it to happen. Praying for those things that God has revealed in His word. I tell you, you can pray for anything, and if you believe that you have what? What's it say? If you believe that you have received it, it will be yours. I'm convinced in myself that a lot of the struggle I have would be in my own self when it comes to things that I don't understand and believing that I have received it. And one of the best ways I know how to really exercise my faith in believing I have received it is to remind myself, number one, of his names, which we've been going over, and to thank him for it already. Because thanksgiving is a state of faith. You can't truly be thankful and be in doubt. If I'm thanking him, thank you, Lord God, that you are my healer. Thank you, Lord, that you are taking this from me. Whatever it's in my body, whatever it's in my soul, whatever you're bringing me clarity, you're gonna, you're gonna speak a fresh word to me. You're, you're giving me your word to hold on to. You are fulfilling your promises. It's done in Jesus' name. I believe that. And it's, there's gonna be a contending. The enemy's gonna try to come and contend with your word. Don't you think so? He's not going to leave you alone, but you contend for it. You have to get, be convinced that the healing is for you. You have to be convinced you know, that there are some things that can, that can hinder and just, you know, Lord, if there's anything that's inside of me, Lord, you're going to show me. And if he's not showing me that I'm not going to just you know, heap all this guilt and condemnation and things upon myself, I'm going to hang upon his word. And then receiving those things as personal from the Lord. And Psalms, David said this in the Psalms, he said in Psalms 27, 13, I would have despaired unless I had believed that I would receive the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. When we don't believe, especially as believers, the only thing that's left for us is despair. I would have despaired if I didn't believe that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. The main point for me for this for this message to you is that there is always hope in Jesus and in his word. And God wants you to continue to believe for your healing and believe that he is Jehovah Rapha, the God that heals you. In Isaiah, he says, you know, by his stripes, we, we are healed. In Peter, it says, by his stripes, we were healed. Whether it's past tense or present tense, it's already a done deal in his mind and in, 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 in his death and resurrection. Amen? So, so how, do you, how do you know when you receive the word of God? You begin to really just put those acts to it. You're putting acts to it, your actions to it. It's not just I, I, I hear the word, I'm going to continue to walk out what I believe he said in my life. You're going to continue to walk out what you believe he said in your life according to his written word that he can come. Then we have the gifts of the Spirit that God wants to move. I believe they're going to happen. Every Wednesday, we get here and we pray over you guys. And if we know things that are going on, whether it's a physical disease, whether it's something mental, whether it's something you know, in the soul, whether it's in the spirit, we're here declaring the word of God over you guys. Because we believe no matter what you're walking through, that God is moving and bringing, and bringing healing and being faithful to his word that he says. Amen? Really getting that place to be able to break things off so that we can all walk in agreement as sons and daughters of God. Are you with me? Let's stand up if you would. Thank you, Jesus.